We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to the cast next door, where we love your mother's cookies. I'm your host, Michael Painter, and with me are my two guests, Matt Teff. Hello! And Jonathan Frederick. Hey, hey! So, what we do here is we watch The Boy Next Door, the cinematic masterpiece starring Jennifer Lopez, and we break it down minute by minute. And what we're doing today is we are watching the fifth minute of The Boy Next Door that is on the clock, 4.01 to 5.00. So, if you're following along with us, just uh, go to that time code and see the fun. So our minute begins with J-Lo, her hand on her son's shoulder, in the brownest room I think I've ever seen. Like, it's a, it's a really brown room. Everything is, is wooden or painted brown or just, it, it's really brown. She says to her son, you guys should just keep it a guy trip. You have a blast. And uh, she walks out of the room. Her son gives the dad a look. The dad gives the son a look. And then the dad looks down at the floor. I'm not actually sure what we're supposed to call him besides the dad. Because husband seems weird because they're separated. I don't know. He, he has a name, but I already forgot what it was yeah i don't actually i only know the names of like some of the other characters because they're in our minutes i don't really know who anyone is <laughs> uh garrett garrett the husband's name is garrett or you could call him john corbett john corbett <laughs> exactly fantastic all right garrett slash john corbett uh, looks really down, and J-Lo has walked out of the room. As she walks into the bathroom, actually, uh, looks into a mirror, puts her hands onto the counter, and cries. Two weird things about this bathroom. Uh, there's actually some very lovely orange flowers on the counter, and those just jumped out to me because I think, like, until we actually get to the next scene, like, that's the only color we see anywhere. Everything else is grounds, browns and grays. So, you know, hey, nice color. It's fantastic. Also, this bathroom has weirdly large windows in it for a bathroom. I don't know. So we cut to an external shot of two houses. Presumably one of them is Jennifer Lopez's house. Uh, and we dissolve from a night shot to a day shot. And it's it's really lovely. And then we get a shot of a garage uh, that is separate from either of the houses. It's just its own little building. And we hear Jennifer Lopez yell, Kevin, we gotta go. And so we now know the name of the sun. Uh, J-Lo knocks on a window in the garage. And then we see the sun walk across the window. Um, I actually was a little confused because we heard like this cranking noise while he was walking across i thought maybe he was on roller skates or something for a second there and actually that it is kind of a weird thing and i know i'm noticing like little details about the house but there are a lot of weird things with this house this garage has like five windows in it which i don't know why that strikes me as odd but it does there's just so many windows for this garage well there's not a lot that makes sense about like i mean we don't want to break our minute too much but there's not a lot that makes sense about the geography of this place like in, like things involving the barn and, and like where things happen and how they happen and like where this neighborhood is. So it doesn't, it makes sense that the house would be, wouldn't make any sense either. Yeah. Cause when we, when we get the shot of the two houses, the one that dissolved from night to day and was so beautiful, um, between the two houses that we see, there's, there's a driveway that's blocked by a truck. And so I don't know where the garage is supposed to be relative to these two houses. I have no real clue what's going on here as far as space or time. The son uh, walks into the uh, the garage. He is now wearing a 
blue plaid shirt, and she's wearing a green strapless dress. And, you know, for a brief moment, I thought we were either in the 90s or maybe Portland. I wasn't sure. Uh, it turns out the garage door is jammed. It's trying to it's trying to open. It gets like two-thirds of the way up, and then it just sticks, and it bounces, and it bounces, and it bounces. And the son sees a golden opportunity here. He's, he tells Jennifer Lopez, I don't want to see another doctor, okay? I'm not gonna, he's not going to tell you anything different. To which J-Lo replies, he's the best allergist in the valley, so we're going. I, I thought that... At first, when she said that, I thought that that was just something that the screenwriters made up. Because, haven't you all seen The Color of Night? I no. have not. There, It's a movie with Bruce Willis. How did this Oh, I know, I know what one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, they say that he says in it that he's a behaviorist, which is not a real thing. There's a behavioral psychologist. But anyway, I, I, I got really excited there because I thought that was something the screenwriters made up. An allergist, that is. And... You know, I got really excited because that that was something that they made up. But apparently, it is a real thing. Oh, and apparently, yeah. he, uh, this is like his one the kid's one defining trait, right? Is that he has like the worst allergies. In I think his defining trait history. is just kind of being a wuss. Yeah, it really is. Like he, I'm pretty sure he's allergic to just like breathing hard because later on in the movie, like nothing really triggers it. He just exercises a little too hard. So I yeah. don't really. They don't really ever establish like is it peanuts or like I. I don't remember, at least. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's that's kind of a Hollywood archetype. Is well, what's a person with allergies like? They can't just be like an, any other, you know, human being. They have to be a wuss, and they have to be allergic to everything. They have to be defined by their illness. Their incredibly common illness that's actually very easy to treat. Yeah. Well, it would have been better if he had if if it had ended like my girl, as far as the <laughs> allergies are concerned. The bees next door. Yeah, the bees next door. <laughs> I'll, I'll get working on that script. J-Lo decides that she's just going to manually push the garage door open while having her son help her out by climbing onto the car and grabbing the little cord that's hanging over the car that I guess is... It's supposed to be a way to, like, make uh, like automatic garage door openers. Like, it allows you to open them manually. Mm -hmm. um, but then... So, so the son climbs up onto the van, and he says, okay, and the minute ends. Any final thoughts, stray observations, guys? I want to go back to the beginning real quick. Like, sure. J-Lo is so passive-aggressive at the at the very beginning when she's like, you two should just go by yourself. And and also, I think she's just she's either really bipolar or really good at hiding her emotions because, you know, when you cry, like, there's a lot, like, leading up to that. And, like, she goes from being happy to being really sad, like, in a matter of seconds. Well, not, not to defend this movie too much, but I think the implication is that she's sort of swallowing her emotions because, like, this dude cheated on her and, like, this this is all previous minute stuff, so we're not going to get too into it. But, you know, yeah, she, she is crying for a reason. She's got she's got her, her grievances with the husband slash not husband. I don't know. He just told her that he was going on a business trip to San Francisco, which, like, we found out in, I think, minute two or three that that that's where his affair had been going on was on his business trips to San Francisco. And so yeah. that's what that's what really set her off. I guess that's kind of a, th a thing to cover is how much of the movie have each of us seen. Because I've only watched it, I've watched it from the beginning up through our assigned minutes, and that's as far as I've gotten. Have you guys watched the whole thing, or? Yeah, I've watched the whole thing. I've watched I mean, about ten minutes. Okay. Watched is such a... <laughs> so any any really subtle hints of, of incredible foreshadowing that we might have missed? You would think that, like, that garage door thing would come back at some point. 
Yeah. It like I mean we're gonna get to basically all of the garage door like facilitates of the story here within the next couple minutes, which is them like going to the hardware store and stuff like that. But though no, there's no like there's a lot of stuff where it's like, oh that could be foreshadowing for something that's no, it never so very little <laughs> of it actually like pays off at the end. It's well, yeah, because that, that's that's how you that's how you uh, define a good uh, erotic thriller is to have things that don't lead to anything else in any yeah. capacity. And like, like he gets his computer here from his dad. Like at the we see that at the very end of this minute, like he gets this super new computer. Yeah, and I also don't think that really plays too much into the plot at all. Like, like it's just like they just introduce all this random things, and like the allergy stuff comes back about halfway into the movie and that's about it. Like, so all the stuff that gets introduced in this minute is pretty much dismissed within, yeah, the first half of the movie. Well, I think, I think it further enriches the character of the son to know that he's also a computer nerd because that just plays further into the, you know, wussy kid who's allergic to everything and wears plaid (laughs) kind of archetype. Uh, but yeah, unless you guys have anything else to add, I think that's, that's it for this minute. At least in the, at least in the next minute we meet the titular boy. Ooh! Um, Spoiler like warning. Our biggest teaser for yeah for what's coming up because this minute is this the the first five minutes of this movie are are a, especially a pain of just like a wash of just like different things happening that don't make any sense. Like it just starts and this is kind of the end of just like a nonsensical start to the movie. Well, um, in that case, we're going to go ahead and sign off now. Are you guys? Uh, do you guys have any Twitter handles or anything else you want to plug, Jonathan? Um, well, I have a blog that I update sometimes. You can find me at a conference of the strange dot I think that's what it is. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so you can find me there. Fantastic. And Matt? Um, I have a podcast that just started up called American Cosmonauts that I do with some friends. It's a live uh, radio show that we do every two weeks that we're podcasting. I can get it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get podcasts. All right. Fantastic. And um, and if you'd like to hear more of me for whatever reason, you can find me as a regular guest on the South Figaro podcast or on Twitter at, and I know this is a mouthful, T-D-O-T-C-R-F-H-4. But yeah, thank you again for listening to this episode of The Cast Next Door. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Talking Cast Presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, Michael Painter, with my guests, Matt Teff and Jonathan Frederick. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad. You can download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Edited by Darren Husted. Produced by Darren Husted. Executive producer, Michael Painter. The Boy Next Door is owned by Bloomhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Yorkin, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. This is a first edition?